When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Sid Rosenberg, Army behind me this morning. I started the show with this before we get to Norman Seabrook. If you read what you should, millions do, today's New York Post, you'll see the cover, CUNY School of Law, Law in the Service of Human Needs. Can you believe this clap? And you'll notice there's a picture of three people on the right side, this lowlife Fatipa Muhammad. Fatima, excuse me, Fatima Muhammad is the one in front. And a bunch of folks on the left, two African-American people, an Asian lady. And I do that because that's what uh, media does today. They must tell you exactly who these people are. And then it goes on to read, CUNY deans applaud anti-cop, anti-Israel remarks that own trustees label hate speech. Yes, some of the trustees at CUNY have even admitted that was hate speech. So, look, this Mohammed person, hopefully there's not a law firm in the country that will hire her. I hope to God that's the case. I really mean that. I hope her whole future is destroyed. She's a kid. I don't care. She's a lowlife. But uh, they need to fire. CUNY needs to fire this morning. And I want all of you out there to send letters, set yourself on fire, do what you got to do. I don't care. They need to fire the dean of students at the CUNY Law School, Suda Seti, today. Today, fire this lady. She is applauding. She loves the speech, hating on cops, hating on Israel, hating on the Jews, hating on our own military. CUNY Law School dean Suda Seti needs to be fired today. 
All right, so let's get on that. All right, I got a bunch of really great guests stopping by today. My first guest was here just last Friday. You know what's ironic? I got contacted last week from a guy named Frank Dwyer, nice guy, and he works with the uh, Department of Corrections, and he said, would you like to have the commissioner, Louis Molina, on the show? And I said, yes, great. So last week, Louis Molina joined the show. I thought he was very good. And then the day that he was on, my show ended, and I saw a guy I hadn't seen in six or seven years, an old friend of mine named Norman Seabrook, who at one point was the president of the Correction Officers Benevolent Association, in fact, a long time, from 1995 to 2016, sitting by the elevator. And I was happy to see Norman. He looked great. And Norman came on the show on Friday because he worked with the DOC. And he said, you know, Sid, Lewis was good, but he was being a bit disingenuous. That was the word Norman Seabrook used on Friday. Well, if you go to today's New York Post and go to page two, it reads, Jail's big fails to quash scathing report. And the allegation is is that the Commissioner Molina, who was on me last week, went out of his way to have somebody squash five different stories that would make that department look really bad, including the death of at least one inmate at Rikers Island. So I called Norm right back, and I said, Norm, how about coming on this morning and talking about this? So here he is, my man Norman Seabrook, on a beautiful Wednesday morning. Norman, how are you? Good morning, brother. How are you, sir? I'm doing uh, very, very well. Thank you for coming back. This is the second time in five days, which speaks to just how good you are. And the men, of course, love you when you were there for over 20 years. So you see this story. The allegation is that Molina went out of his way to contact somebody, have them quash at least five stories, making the department look bad. What do you see? I think that um, what's happening here is that no one knows what they're doing. I, I don't think that uh, anyone's in charge of the ship. You can, he can't write the ship without the right mates to do so. I mean, when you look at the way that the Department of Correction is running right now, um, and I have been out of there for, for seven years now, but being out of there seven years, I've never had these types of problems over and over and over again. And I think that that's a mismanagement problem. I think that what's important here is that there is no real structure in a department. And it's very difficult for him to try to get it under control when he doesn't have boots on the ground and he doesn't have a bench to put somebody in the game to make things come together the way that they're supposed to. When you look at the facts that are present presented to us an old man 80 years old 80 years old where's he going if he wants to sit on the floor let him sit on the floor to get involved in a use of force over an old man that's 80 years old does not make any sense to to put a mental health inmate in a housing area that has a second story tier that's a problem because obviously if he has a mental health problem you wouldn't put him in a place where he could jump off the top of the tier and, and the list just goes on and on and on. And when you don't have the staff that's able to be supervised properly, these things will happen. I told correction officers for years, for years and years, 
do not use excessive force on an inmate. Do not do what you're not supposed to do. If he wants an extra pillow, give it to him. I don't care. At the end of the day, your job is to go home safely to your family. The inmate's job is to be there safely. When something happens, the first thing that is supposed to happen is the supervisor is supposed to be notified. Once the supervisor is notified and on the scene, then at that point, then can action be taken under the direction of the supervisor. When you allow these officers that don't understand the job 100% yet, and they're trying to do it, and it's based on simply uh, a knee-jerk reaction, these things will continue to happen. And as far as the commissioner is concerned, look, he's probably a nice guy. I don't know the man, but at the end of the day, you have a job to do. You have a responsibility to the public. You have a responsibility to the individuals that are in the system, that work in the system, and that visit the system. And until you straighten those things out, Land one plane at a time. Stop trying to do five things at one time because it's obviously not working. You know what uh, struck me about our conversation on Friday? And I'll get back to Molina in a second. I don't know if you know this, but you put up a uh, an Instagram post on your Instagram page at Norman Seabrook, I guess. And you put up portions of our conversation, a picture of me. It was very, very nice. Do you know who actually reposted that? No. Former New York Nick great Charles Oakley. And I'm saying to myself, wait a second. There's no way Oak, I know Oak for many years, okay? There's no way Oak was listening to me and Norman Seabrook on WABC at 925 on a Friday. So there must be a relationship between Seabrook and Oakley. Is there? Me and, Oak are very, me and Oak are very, very good friends. He's a dear friend of mine. Uh, so is Jason Williams, uh, Curtis Martin. Uh, we, are, we are very, very close uh, spiritually. And I think that's important because there's a foundation there. There's a foundation of rebuilding. Sid, when you look at the structure of the city of New York, the police department, and I said this on, I believe it was your show, uh, the police department, the correction department, the fire department, they're all uniform emergency services for the city of New York. And until you bring all three heads of that organization into one room and you give them the game plan of what you expect of them, each and every one of them, then things will begin well, to Well, let me stop you for a second, because you may have said that on uh, Bo Dito's podcast, which is a great podcast, True Crime. He did that show last week. But so that – who is he – What's the owners there? Is that the mayor? I mean, we know Sewell, of course, is a terrific commissioner for the NYPD. Kavanaugh has certainly taken her lumps for the FDNY, and very anecdotal, but the men that I speak to, they don't like her. They like Nigro more, and they didn't love him. So you have Sewell, you have Kavanaugh, and in this case, Louis Molina. Who, uh, who's supposed to do that? Is that the mayor? The mayor, absolutely. It's his responsibility. It's his city. Uh, he says this is his city. He says this is what the way he wants things to be done. So if he wants things to be done that way, then you have to bring them all to the table and sit them down and say, guys, this is what we're having for lunch today, and this is what we're having for dinner. And I expect the table to be set, and I expect things to be served the way that they're supposed to be served. You know, it's interesting. You said that uh, when you were there, these things didn't happen, and I believe that over 20 years. But I don't know, Nor. maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just a cynic. But I believe this stuff happens all the time. I know uh, that the police aren't going to like this, and there's nobody more pro-cop than me, Norm. You know that, nobody. But I know guys have fudged the numbers over the year to make the administration look good. I'm sure the fire department has, you know, found a way to erase a couple of fires to make those guys look good. So I have to imagine that Lou Molina is not the first DOC commissioner to try to hide something to make sure that his department and the administration looks good. 
Am I being am I being uh, cynical here? Or do you think there's something to what I'm saying? There is there is something to what you're saying, but you see part of that whole uh, scene that you just you just painted for for your listening audience is that, in fact, things like this do happen, but not 33 hours later. Things like this do happen, but not five, one after the other, with no reporting of it. There is no accountability. When you have an incident that occurs in the New York City Department of Correction, you have a correction officer that's responsible for entering things into the logbook, into the official records of something. And if there's no supervisor to direct that person uh, on what needs to be inputted in that and the notifications to be made to the proper authorities, these things are going to happen because it becomes a thing where they don't know. So, you know, when they ask and you don't have the responsibility, you've taken away all of the uh, commanding officers. There are no more wardens in any of the facilities. They're all uh, non-uniform members, and everybody deserves a job, but every job is not for everybody. And you go around and you try to get individuals to do something, but you don't know what you're doing. This creates a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, when a correction officer receives or the captain or anybody else receives the proper training to do the job that is necessary to be done, things will change. You can't continue to blame the de Blasio administration for what happened yesterday. It's yours now. Yeah. You own it. No, I said the same thing about Biden. I mean, he continues to blame Trump years and years later. It's ridiculous. So if these allegations, Norman Seabrook, turn out to be true, if they do, I'm having a hard time believing that Louis Molina, the commissioner, is the only person that tried to hide this stuff. That's my, again, maybe I'm being a cynic, but hard to believe he's the only person who tried to hide this stuff. Hide this stuff. Do you think that's a pretty good assumption by me? Absolutely. It's a great assumption because, at, <clears throat> excuse me, at the end of the day, what has to happen is the individuals that were responsible for that a specific institution, that's the person that is held ultimately responsible before it got up to the commissioner's desk. Now, it's unfortunate that, you know, he came in on a Monday morning, Tuesday morning, whenever he came in and said, they just threw it on his desk, and he turned around, and he said, what is this? And they turned around and said, oh, these things happened over the weekend. Oh, nothing to worry about, boss. And they walk out of his office, and then he gets hit with these things in the newspaper. Okay, I understand that, but at the end of the day, that person that gave me the paper, they need to be going out there selling newspapers right now because they won't be working for me. <laughs> so I get the feeling uh, we'll wrap things up right here, and you're great. You really are terrific. You've been tremendous twice in five days here. I get the feeling, Norman, and if I'm putting words in your mouth, stop me, that you're kind of saying the buck stops at the mayor's desk. Yes, Louis Molina may have allegedly done something wrong here and others uh, at that DOC, but Again, you're talking about getting Kavanaugh and Molina and Sewell inside the same office. Let's sit down. Let's talk. And that does go back to the mayor. So am I okay here? Am I putting words in your mouth if I say you believe ultimately, if this is all true, this is more about the mayor than it is Molina? Absolutely, because and you're not putting words in my mouth. The bottom line is. The buck stops with the mayor. The mayor is the man ultimately responsible for the city of New York, the safety and security of not only the public, but the inmates, 
the officers, the civilians, those are the people that he is responsible for outside of the police department, fire department, and everything else. But he is ultimately responsible, and he has to put his foot down and say, hold on a second. Something's wrong here. People are cl- calling for the closing of Rikers Island. We should be doing something to give them confidence that the agency is changing for the better. We should give them the confidence to know that when you come into this system, you can go home as opposed to going home in a body bag. We need to be able to make the understanding to the public that this is a job that needs training, professionalism, and courtesy at the same time. Just to repeat what you and I said, Friday, in wrapping up this conversation, we agree that all three groups of people, prisoners, homeless, and migrants, plenty of space, Rikers Island, why would you shut it? I know it's a couple of years away, but that's the type of place you can house all three, yes? Absolutely. And when we spoke about this, if you remember correctly, I suggested that they take um, some of the closed facilities on Rikers Island and revamp the dormitory areas into a place for the migrants and be able to separate them from one side of the street to the other side of the street. And it can be done. It's, it's not hard to do. It's less than millions of dollars as opposed to billions of dollars of building new jails. And when you do that, look what they did. They turned around and now all of a sudden they're opening up the Lincoln uh, facility, uh, state facility that used to be on 110th Street in Manhattan, and they're going to refurbish that to put the migrants in there. So someone's listening to your show. Uh, A lot of people are listening to your show. And at the end of the day, you're making things happen in this city that would not ordinarily be happening. And people can't continue to blame yesterday on today. That's very sweet. Thank you. And if uh, all that is true, it's because of very, very smart and loyal people like you stopping by the program. So thank you for another great conversation, uh, Norman Seabrook. On the way out, uh, are you with me? I want this uh, dean of law students fired today for applauding this hateful speech by this uh, this girl at uh, CUNY a couple of weeks ago. Are you with me in my attempt to get Suda Seti fired today? Well, I think that what this woman has done is, is she set a, a fuse uh, with individuals, and you can't con- continue con- to confuse people. Um, we need law enforcement. We need community. We need people to have their own opinions. I get that, but not to fire them up to a point of destruction against each other, because at that point, we create and continue to create a divide. We can't continue to divide ourselves based on what your opinion is or mine. You could say the same thing that you want to say, but say it in a different way. And it's unfortunate, Sid. It really is unfortunate the way that we're just going bananas right yeah, now yeah. on certain things in this city. And one other thing before I go, how's Miss Ava? Oh, Miss Ava's doing better. Thank you. She's home and uh, she is improving. So thank you for asking. You're, you're very sweet you. on Instagram, too. Thank you, Norman. Thank you. God bless you, my friend. God bless you. That's a terrific job, folks. There he is, my friend Norman Seabrook, and he was terrific on Friday. Great again today. And I know the left is out there, and they're the ones shutting down Rikers Island. And, you know, people say both parties are no good. Stop that, okay? Stop that. There's clearly one party that is destroying cities and states and our country. Every blue city, every blue state, blue, being destroyed by the Democrat Party. And maybe a guy like Norman Seabrook would have been able to fight it. Odds are, as great as he is, Probably not. That's why elections matter, folks. Trump 2024.